This episode is brought to you by McDonald's. Not sure you've heard of them. <laughs> Up and coming uh, little restaurant, but they're making it. They're the little engine that could. You know, the moment of bliss when you spot your fries being scooped into the carton and suddenly time slows down. I have that all the time. I love their fries. Oh, yeah. yes. McDonald's fries hit different when they're free. That's another thing I'll tell you. And when they belong to your friends, there's no better feeling than thinking you're out of fries and then you discover extra fries at the bottom of your bag or else my son still hasn't finished his fries yeah. and I'm done with mine. And uh, he used to be weaker than me so I could just take them. Yeah. Now I can't because he's stronger than me. Oh, yeah, yeah. There's no wrong way to eat McDonald's fries, but we all think our way is the best way. And I like stealing them from someone else. That's my favorite <laughs> way. Get your favorite McDonald's fries today. McDonald's, check them out sometime. They're everywhere. Mother's Day is May 12th. And in advance, Sona, happy Mother's Day. Oh, thank you, You're Conan. a terrific mom, and your kids are here today with Did us. you get me a present? I'm Well, it's not May 12th yet, but oh. I'm getting you one. Okay, thank yeah. you. Well, guess what? Macy's has the perfect gift guide to make picking something for mom easy this year. You can shop by price category or browse curated gift lists ranging from for the mom who has everything to the gifts that are already wrapped and ready to be gifted. I, I like when you can so go by easy. price because I can go right down to the bottom. Oh, <laughs> Get lines of something for a dollar. Sorry, baby. Oh. <laughs> Top gifts include Beats headphones, digital photo frames, Polaroid cameras, and the Samsung smart TV, The Frame. Oh, yeah. Shop now at Macy's.com slash gift finder. And happy Mother's Day, moms. Mm. Hi, my name is Gary Goldman. I feel ecstatic about being Conan O'Brien's friend. That's very sweet. And I, I feel like I wouldn't be that irritating. <laughs> well, okay, now wait a minute. Now I have reservations. Fall is here, hear the yell, back to school, ring the bell, brand new shoes, walk in blues, climb the fence, books and pens. I can tell that we are gonna be friends. Hey there. Welcome to Conan O'Brien Needs a Friend. Joined by Sona Mofsessian. Hey, Sona. Hi. Matt Gorley. How are you, sir? Merry Christmas. Well, I was going to get to that. Oh, mm. yeah. Okay. You think I wouldn't get to that? Right. I have to say, I do get the Christmas spirit. Do you? Yeah. Are you sick? <laughs> what? I'm sorry. No, I, I think it's nor. I just saw this Dayquil thing. Are oh. you sick? Sorry. I thought it was because yeah. you had the Christmas spirit and you're like, you're a Scrooge. I, I got sick too after we got back from New York. Okay, that made no sense to I'm, our listeners. I'm this sorry. Is, this, is, this is what our listeners heard. I have the Christmas spirit. Are you sick? <laughs> that's what I heard. Yeah, that's what yeah. I heard too. Yeah. And you just, uh, yeah, I had a cold, like I got a cold like about a week ago. I don't have it anymore, but I still take these. Okay. Uh, to just make my voice sound a little better on air. Yeah. As, as a son of an infectious disease doctor, no. Mm. Le easily 11 days after having a cold, I'm a threat to no one if that's your fear. I, I'm not, I'm not, I got sick too. That's why I was like, hey, we all got- Well, if you're sick, you shouldn't have come in. Okay. Well, um, Merry Christmas, everyone. It's I literally know. Christmas day when people Thanks are listening a lot, to this. Sona. What did I do? I would have killed Christmas. I had a nice Christmas thing, and then I started to say, hey, um, you know, I have the Christmas spirit. You're sick? <laughs> you sick fuck. <laughs> How dare you have the Christmas spirit, <laughs> you pervert. You pervert, what does that Sorry. mean to you? Did you watch some Christmas pervy porn? <laughs> you sick fuck! Well, I was on your side and now I'm wondering what did you watch? What? 
Why do you have the Christmas spirit? Because of Christmas pervy porn? It's Mrs. Claus. No, Uh stop. Don't do it. Don't do it. This is where you're lying. She's got a slamming bod, and then there's a (laughs) knock at the door, and she thinks it's an elf, but it's a pizza delivery. And she's like, I expected an elf, but I forgot that I ordered a pizza. And he says, yeah, extra sausage. And she says, what? I don't like sausage. And he said, no, that's double entendre for dick. And she's like, no, I just don't like sausage. And he said, there's no sausage, Mrs. Claus. That's the thing you say when you're about to, you know, Take out the penis. Oh. Well, just so we're clear, there's no there's no sausage. This is the worst porn I've ever Where's seen. Santa? Is he out on his mission? Santa is so sick of Mrs. Claus misunderstanding double entendre <laughs> that he just doesn't even have much of a life with her anymore. Okay, I see. Because he's a whenever he's trying to be romantic. Yeah. You know? Oh man. Yeah. He's he'll like just say some what some some harmless double entendre. Like, check out this North Pole. Yeah, yeah. check out this North Pole. Uh-huh. And she's like, we're at the North Pole. Why would I have to check it out? We live here. And he's like, no, no, I'm telling you, Sandra. That's Mrs. Claus's real name. Is it? No, 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 Sandra. We haven't had sex in a while, and I thought maybe to spice things up, I'd say check out this North Pole. But what do you mean? We're at the North. No, no, I meant my blood-engorged cock. <laughs> That's all. I'm trying to put some spice. But wait a minute. Why did you say North Pole? Because the pole is my literal anatomical pole. Oh, God damn it, Sandra. I'm going back to the workshop. I'm going to go fuck a birdhouse. Well, Merry Christmas, everybody. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas, you old savings and loan. God bless us, everyone. Oh, my God. That gets people in the spirit right there. Now, now, listen, I want to understand something because uh, I know that is Christmas celebrated at a different time of year in the Armenian calendar? Yes. Well, it's it's the Orthodox Christmas, right. which is January 6th. Right. What's that mean but, exactly? Don't ask me. Yeah, but but what I would say- I don't know. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I, just, I only no. know this because, you know, uh, Sona started working for me and I was, uh, I think was pretty nice. I'd give you a nice Christmas gift okay. and I'd get nothing back. And she would say, yeah, I'll get you an Armenian Christmas. Oh. And I thought that for a while that was an excuse. Like, yeah, maybe I'll get you something. Maybe I won't. But then it turned out you always did give me really nice gifts just I later do. on. Yeah, It's better because you don't have to deal with the Christmas rush. And then you have a lot of sales after oh, deep after Christmas. Yeah. So it, it always worked out. And it yeah. gave me more time to do things. Yeah. But we celebrate both. Oh, you do both. Oh, yeah, convenient. yeah, yeah. That always used to make me, I had friends who would celebrate Hanukkah, but also Christmas. And I thought, oh, oh come really? on. Well, as a children of divorced parents, I got two Christmases, which, you know, was a silver lining. Oh. You'll be okay. <laughs> you seem to turn out just fine. Did, did I? You're did not I, a weird guy at no. all. Okay, good. No, you seem fine. Because I thought maybe I was. No, no. no. Oh, God. No. Oh, God. No. They'll get back together. Yeah, sure they will. They'll get back together. It's literally yeah. been 43 years. There's a good, years. healthy reason why you spend a lot of your life working at an amusement park. <laughs> oh, this Christmas is the To create the, the joy artificially that you couldn't have. <laughs> oh, it's so personal. I'm at the happiest place on earth. So I must be happy. Any day now. Any day now. Here comes my dad. Your dad is goofy? Oh, no. My dad did work at Disney, though. He met Walt Disney. 
Did he really? Yeah. What yeah. was that like? Well, That's a cool story. Awesome. Yeah. But I'm a second generation Disney employee. Okay, don't oh, worry God. about it. <laughs> Listen. Oh, God, help me. It's, it's fine. I'm sure you... Oh, God. Please don't let my daughter work there. <laughs> she's working there now. Oh, God. Oh, no. She's just a baby. Um, <sighs> Listen. Yes. Uh, uh, I, uh, I'm... What are you doing? I'm just writing rap for when it's time to rap. You I know, but you wrote that. it ahead of time. And also, well, Christmas rap. Did you hear that? Did you hear him writing? I did hear the scribble. Oh. Yeah. When you, listen, I haven't been in this business long, and you're Mr. Podcast, and you wrote with a no, ballpoint pen you, on a hard ball. surface, and it sounds like a. That's because when you're Mr. Podcast, you're not Mr. Radio, and all rules are out the window, man. It's mm. a oh, you can less. You can you're write gonna, on a podcast. You're going to leave that in. You can edit it out. No, he's going to keep it in because okay. this is me busting him on. You threw me off. I am a sorry, uh, an artist. Oh God! You, and this is my medium. Oh, okay. Oh, I am. Now you threw oh. me off. Oh, okay. That's nice. Was what? that your sleeping? I was snoring. Sorry, That's terrible. I, started, I fell asleep while that you were just... talking about being an artist. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> no, I hope, I'm glad you're awake now because as an artist. And it will always make me laugh that the Three Stooges snore in unison, yeah. like in synchronized yeah. ways. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, I don't know. It's gold. It's just gold. And anyone who disagrees should never judge comedy. Oh. Sorry. Um, sorry, Sona. Well, I didn't, I didn't say I didn't like it. Yeah, Why you, are you just it was assumed? Implied. Well, you didn't laugh, but you can yeah. laugh on Armenian Christmas. Well, okay. <laughs> oh, my God. So, no, I like it, too. Uh, what are your, are your kids going to, on the 25th, will Santa yeah. visit your kids? Yeah. Okay, but then he'll also show up on the. Does, does Santa show up on the sixth? He doesn't or is really it show up on an the Armenian sixth for uh, figure who no, shows up. No, we 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 say we go to church, but we don't. Is there an Armenian Santa? No, like a like a equivalent, like a Gahan Baba. Isn't January sixth Three Kings Day? Isn't that why? Don't ask me the specifics. Armenians. We should have been asking not, yeah, Eduardo. Yeah, this Eduardo whole time. knows better yeah. than I do. Eduardo is married to an Armenian woman. Yeah, and, and apparently one who cares about the uh -huh. religion and the heritage. Uh -huh. Does it? Okay. <laughs> okay, but okay. but tell us, tell us what you no, know. Well, January sixth is the. De los Reyes, well, in Spanish, de los Reyes, the three kings. That's when they bring gifts. Yes. The wisest. Was that when Jesus really got his gold, frankincense, and myrrh or something? Cor correct. Okay. Many people say, many conservatives say, that what happened on the Capitol on January 6th was just people celebrating. Oh, okay. I see. No, 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 no. Don't connect it. No, no. Okay. I, listen, that is a theory. <laughs> don't connect that, it. That people were so whipped up no. about Armenian Christmas <laughs> that they wanted to they wanted to gather don't together and it. celebrate. Don't and they thought, the hey, let's go into the Capitol. And hey, the door's locked. Well, we can probably push it open. Wrap! Wrap! Let's push it open. Wrap it! January 6th was an Armenian hoax! I hear those sleigh bells ringing and jing, jing, jing. <laughs> Let's go back to Disneyland. No, nope, we're good. Oh, okay. Hey, uh, man, that was an insane opening. Uh, so stupid. Stupid, but also in its own way, really stupid. Uh, <laughs> you are an artist. I am an artist. My uh, very excited about our guest today uh, because he is an absolutely hilarious comedian. He's ingenious. I, I will say that. That's a yeah. good. That's a good word for this man. He is ingenious. Whose uh, latest stand-up special, "Born on Third Base," is now streaming on Max. He also has a new memoir entitled "Misfit: Growing Up Awkward in the '80s." Uh, he's a delight. He's a fascinating guy. Brilliant. Gary Goldman, welcome. 
I'm going to start by paying you uh, a compliment, which is a gentleman who worked for me for, God, almost, you know, whatever, 30 years uh, is Brian Kiley. And Brian Kiley, I adore because he's the best joke writer I've ever known, one-liner joke writer. Yeah. And um, also a, a, just a great guy. And the kindest, abs- most generous. Minus just, but, writes, but yeah. writes a deadly joke. Like he can just make an ice bullet of a joke <laughs> and it's beautifully. <laughs> and I'll tell you, Brian Kylie has always raved about you. Oh, wow. Even before I really got to oh, know really? you, he oh, was like, so nice. Gary Goldman is, is, is such a good. And then I started watching your, we had you on the show. You did what became this viral sensation you did this bit about how the states got their abbreviations. Got their abbreviations. Yeah. And what I remember is the architecture and the, the thought that went into it. You're so goddamn smart and, and the intricacy of it. And just immediately thought, who is this guy? This guy's oh, fantastic. Wow. Oh, and then of so course, nice. you know, I, keep, I keep checking your clip from your appearance on your show where you did this. Millions and millions and millions of people keep seeing that yeah, really and cool. keep going back to it. And yeah. it's, uh, it makes me very happy that so many people now have have joined the the cult because it is a cult of Gary Goldman. Uh, and yes, and that there are had... no questions allowed. No, 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 no <laughs> questions allowed. They have to and you my have orders. Cer- yes. yes, and you have certain rights with the other women in the cult. Oh, whoa, 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 whoa! Well, he whoa, does. Whoa, because oh. he wears the red robe and everyone else wears the blue robe. <laughs> Well, oh, come on. This is cult 101. Oh, sorry. Okay. Sorry, sorry. Um, <laughs> I'm interested. <laughs> oh, you're in, buddy. Oh, uh-oh. Uh, you and I have a bunch of things to talk about. Okay. Uh, first of all, I want to compliment you in another way, which is you have uh, a stand-up special which has dropped like literally like two days ago, I think. Um, okay, now everyone's correcting me with four. Oh, great, because we would have had a lot of calls. Why did you have to? Re- <laughs> why did you guys have to correct me on that? Because you were looking at us like, am I right? Yeah. 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 Just say yeah. Sure. Okay. Yeah. Close sure. enough, yeah. idiot. That's all I need. <laughs> you were wrong. It's just wrong with a soft Don't G. Don't do it here now. It's not Don't wrong. Don't do it gut. here now. Don't okay. do it in front of Gary, please. <laughs> okay. Don't you mean Jerry? Yeah. Born on, <laughs> born on third base. Yes. Uh, is your is your stand up special and it's. Hilarious. Now, oh, full you. disclosure, I'm such a fan that I had some involvement uh, with my and with my people in uh, helping to to bring this to reality. But I'm I'm saying this uh, as someone who hates himself. Um, <laughs> How can so that be, be? I'd be more than happy to shit on it if I could. Uh, <laughs> it's really, really funny oh, and beautifully you. done. Thank you. It's really nice. And so I, I'm I'm congratulations. Well, I had a lot of fun touring it and the people liked it. And I and I shot it in Toronto where they're just so nice and really love comedy. And and some. Oh, my I'm God. Canada. Very grateful. Toronto. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. We're, uh, that's where my ghost is going to go when it roams the earth. Uh, doing bits, it's going to go up to Toronto <laughs> because they the they're so, and they're so nice. They're 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 really smart and they laugh yeah. and they're fun. Yeah. And what's wrong? Why are you looking at me no, like I that? Just, what a weird thing to say. I don't want to go. Your ghost up to... is going to go to Toronto and you're just going to do bits. 
Yeah, I don't want to go to heaven. Heaven <laughs> okay, sounds boring. Okay, okay. you're just I don't want to go stuck up. in like this purgatory. I don't want to go talk to Eleanor Roosevelt on a cloud. <laughs> I want to go what? up to Toronto and do bits, and then go get like go to a cool restaurant but afterwards. Wouldn't heaven, by definition, be a bunch of people who love your bits? Yeah. No, I don't like that. Okay, that that seems patronizing. I wouldn't like that. <laughs> but okay. you think I'm sorry? Just going back to this, you think you're going to go to Toronto? You're going to appear as a ghost, and people are just going to be like, "Let's see what bits he has." Yeah. Yes. What's there, Gary, if you were in Toronto and you knew that I had passed away in the last year or two and you heard that my ghost was in Toronto and he was doing bits somewhere, wouldn't you check him out? I would check him out. And then I would also spend a lot of time seeing Rush. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. But no, in this scenario, they're dead, too. But they're also playing. No, no, no. This is my idea of heaven. Rush is, Rush is, tor Rush is touring and Conan is doing stand-up associated with yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and we're also spending time breaking down some of the licks, uh, the guitar licks and things like that. Yeah. And, and also the, the, I love the, it. the drum solos. This no, man just, gets me. Okay. This is, yeah. No, now, now it listen, makes sense. Gary, uh, you are a fellow uh, Massachusetts mass yes. hole like Peabody. myself. You're from yes. Peabody. Yes. Um, and uh, you know you talk about this a lot in your special and you've touched on it before, but it really does inform a lot of your comedy, uh, which is I think uh, quite beautiful, but you grew up poor. You grew up, there's yeah. no other way to say yeah, it. You we grew were up poor. Yeah, we were broke Jewish people, which people think, oh, that's a thing. And, and <laughs> but it, it really, most of us, especially in that time of, of in the 70s, a lot of people were broke. So yes, a lot, half the Jews would be broke too, right? Everybody right. was, yeah. So, and that was, that informed me. It also, it developed my my personality in, in terms of my my resentment towards certain kids growing up who had more than us and it didn't have to be much it could be a an above ground pool and i would be like oh look at the look at the opulence <laughs> the, what, the, these people they don't know what it is to struggle and 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 christmas used to just blow me away these kids would just get so much for christmas right right and i, and I would get a thing eight nights of a thing, but some of them were, were practical, which you don't want for holidays. Like what? Well, give me an example of a practical Hanukkah gift. I remember, I everybody says socks, but I would get uh, pajamas, mm -hmm. which I, I very rarely wore. Right. <laughs> it was either freezing cold in my house, which required an electric blanket, which I can't even believe those things were legal at the time. They were just fire starters, but also oh, they you could all, be and also you could be electrocuted. I just know this. I just know this in Massachusetts. But every time a house burned down, yes, in the in the fifties, sixties, yeah. or seventies. It was, you'd see firemen walking yeah. away afterwards. Yeah. Because I'd hang out at these things and they'd always, <laughs> as a true arsonist does. Yes. But, but they'd always be like shaking their heads going. Yeah. And you'd always read in the paper that it was an electric yeah. blanket. An electric blanket, or there would be a fire chief holding up a melted light bright. Yes. Oh. Yes. And it would be, hopefully it would be the clown because the clown face would melt into a frown. Yeah. To, because he was he was upset by this as well. Yeah, the yeah. Clown, sure. Not just yeah. the fire chief. Yeah. But yeah, those were those were the two biggest fire causes. Because what think, could go the wrong 70s. if you took mid 20th century knowledge of electrical wiring <laughs> And and ran it through a bunch of cotton and nylon. Like, yeah. what could go wrong? Yeah. yeah. In the, in the, and then you go to sleep the and just crank, and crank this thing. Yeah. So uh, people would just burst into flames. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So you grow up uh, in Peabody, and and what's interesting is you said that it's it gave you a completely different perspective 
than a lot of kids have when when you grew up not having. You yeah. grew up not having stuff. And so that you knew uh, just by rote what things cost. Oh, yes, yes, and, yes, yes. And, it, and, yes. It, and, it, and it, you had that all down, which you said, when you don't have money, you know all of this stuff. Yes, yes. That's what always irritated me. I remember I had this neighbor who went to a to a summer camp and I was interested in it because he came back with a, and this is a phenomenon of Jewish summer camps where these kids who were, who were kind of average athletics and attractiveness would go to summer camp and they would walk taller when they returned because they, they had culled all the Gentile kids from the group. So it was just <laughs> the Jews were standing out and the, the only choice the girls had or the boys had were, were other Jewish people. So right. they, there was this thing and they would be so confident and they, because they had made out with a girl over the, over the summer where they right. weren't getting any makeout sessions in, in, in junior high or, right, or seventh right. grade or anything. And then they would come back in the fall and they had more confidence. And I envied this. And I remember asking the kid, well, how much does this thing cost? He says, I don't know. Why would I know how much things cost? And I said, Oh, you, you would ask for something and your parents would tell you, no, we can't afford it. And then they would tell you how much everything costs. <laughs> yeah. So you knew how yeah. much everything. Yeah. Yeah. I remember I wanted this robot called 2XL, which was really just a, a an eight track player mm -hmm. that they had somehow. Oh, yeah. It was a brilliant thing where it would it would ask you questions and, and it was a trivia thing and, and you got informed. And it was fifty four dollars and eighty seven cents in in <laughs> in Toys R Us where my, my mom worked at the mall mm -hmm. and she couldn't afford a babysitter. So I would at nine years old walk around the mall for three hours Whoa. while she worked and then the, when the boss left i could go in there and hang out at the at the stationery store but i would walk around and hang around at toys r us and at sears you could play the atari for a while and then the orange julius kids would give me free julii <laughs> i love that you did the plural of julius that makes me so happy this sounds like heaven it was it was incredible. Did you ever have fried octopi <laughs> with your julii? So, so I was like the the mall mascot basically, yeah, and sure. I would I would hang out at the Toys R Us, and and there was this robot called Two XL, and I knew it was fifty four eighty seven, and I would I would every year I would ask for it, and then I would all, but I also would ask people if I could borrow fifty four dollars and eighty seven cents. <laughs> Which is so, so, specific, so specific, but I hadn't worked out the fact that it would probably be five percent tax, and and also the parents would always say fifty five dollars, but kids would always know that there was fifty four eighty seven. Sure, that was a big kid thing. So I, I think did you ever get it? I did get it. My mom. There was a neighbor who who got it and outgrew it. Uh, several years later, my mom bought it used from from them and and gave it to me for my birthday, and and it, it worked. 100% just the box was damaged because it had been opened. <laughs> I remember Christmas as being perilous, meaning you something great could happen, but also <laughs> if you're one of six, wow, you can get lost in the show. Like, yeah. And Santa's busy because he's, he's working at the microbiology lab. <laughs> and... <laughs> And sometimes Santa has a short fuse. <laughs> and anyway, I remember once we had this tradition where we're asleep and Santa would put the gifts. They weren't wrapped, but they would just each one. Each one of the kids in the family had a uh, has a piece of furniture in the living room. This is where my parents still live, mind you. Wow. In Brookline, Mass. And there's a different piece of furniture in Luke's 
toys would go on a chair and most people had a chair and then be, mine just arbitrarily became, there's this long white couch. Mm -hmm. Now think about it. Everything looks tiny and insignificant on a yeah. long white couch. And Santa's busy and there's a lot to do. So there were years where Santa's like, okay, I got Neil covered. I got Luke. I got Jane. I got, I got Justin. We got, and then he's down there and he's throwing stuff around. He's like, I got to get back to the lab. I think that germ got out. And then, <laughs> you know, I've been working on something called COVID. I hope it's, uh... <laughs> but anyway, that was my dad. And anyway, um, and so he would be, uh, I, there was one Christmas where I think he was throwing everything around and then he got to the giant white couch and there was some socks and there wasn't much. So I'll never forget that that was the year he got a toboggan like for everyone to share. But I come running downstairs and I see this giant toboggan filling out the couch and I'm like, I got a toboggan? <laughs> this is insane. And I'll never forget my dad went, ah, interesting. <laughs> Santa told me on his way out <laughs> that it's actually for everyone. Oh. And I went, huh? But it's like the one thing that's on my couch. And he went, and Santa said, it, you kind of get to be in charge of it, oh, no. but it's for everyone. Oh, no. And I'm like, first of all, you're having a legal conversation <laughs> with Santa about yeah. ownership. And then how are you in charge of a toboggan? <laughs> I get to decide who sits where. <laughs> But that, that, but hey, I got over it. I'm 60 and bitching about it on a podcast. It's that really tracks with the socialism of 1970s Massachusetts. Oh my god! Though. Oh my and I god. still, to this day, when I go home, and that white couch is still there. Oh, really? And I'm, I'll still look at it, and I'll be like, fucking toboggan. <laughs> It was a toboggan and then like some post-its and some socks oh, oh my God. and an electric blanket. And then, you know, uh, like, what kind of, anyway, enough about oh, me. Man. I'm just saying we all suffer. So no, where else can you go surfing and skiing the same day, huh? I don't know. Or check out a world-class art museum and then camp at a dark sky sanctuary that night, huh? Yeah. Yeah, where else can you hike through Redwoods and then get a luxury spa treatment? Where? Well, you live there. California. <laughs> California, Sona. No matter where California. you go across the state, you'll find a way to play. I'm a California resident. So are you. Sona, you are a lifelong California resident. I'm a lifer. I love this place. This is a beautiful state. Gorgeous. So many different, wonderful ecosystems in one state. You can hang out by a Palm Springs pool. You know, you can go whale watching. You can go hiking in Yosemite. And then uh, talk about the great cities in California. You get all this amazing food, sushi, whatever you want. They got it in California. Hey, if you can't find it in California, man, you got a problem. Yeah. I shouldn't have done that. I made that up on my own. Anyway, I love California. Discover why California is the ultimate playground. Head to visitcalifornia.com to start planning your trip today. You know, it's only a matter of time until your check engine light comes on, which could equal an expensive repair bill, and a new engine can cost up to $6,000. Don't I know it? But this is why you need this product I'm about to mention right now. Okay. CarShield. Mm. CarShield offers plans with low monthly rates that you can pay for your expensive repairs on your out-of-warranty car, truck, or SUV. It's so nice to have that protection of CarShield. I know. I believe. That's my belief. 
Some people have other beliefs, maybe religious beliefs. I think Car Shield. Car Shield plans provide protection on up to 5,000 major parts and systems, including items like transmission, mm. engine, even your entertainment system. Mm. Just call Car Shield and choose the mechanic to do the work. Car Shield administrators will handle the rest and save you money. Look, I saw your car today. You've got a beautiful car, but you've got to haul your family around in this yeah. car. This is a vital piece of machinery for you. You need Car Shield. I do. And you know, I you know I don't take care of my cars very well. So Car Shield it would definitely come in. You know, and also with their A rating from the BBB, don't ask me, Car Shield is the name you can trust to save you money on covered auto repairs. Now's the time to make the smart choice and protect yourself from the sky high auto repair bills. Visit carshield.com slash Conan. Save 20% today. Again, that's carshield.com slash Conan to save 20%. Visit carshield.com slash Conan to lock in your price today. Conan Brian Needs a Friend is sponsored by ADT, introducing ADT Self Setup, featuring everything from motion sensors to Google Nest Cam and the Nest Doorbell with a battery or wired option. Your choice. Easily install the ADT self-setup security system at your convenience. You don't need heavy-duty tools. And if you do need help, ADT can provide virtual assistance along the way. Self-setup from ADT grows, moves, and adapts as your needs change. You can add more products at any time, and your system easily moves wherever life takes you. It also features Nest Cams that can tell the difference between a person, an animal, a vehicle, or with the Nest doorbell, even a package. These things are getting so smart. Plus, when every second counts, you can trust ADT's 24-7 professional monitoring. You can view video of an alarm event and verify or cancel an alarm with just one quick tap. Now everyone can get trusted security from ADT installed your way with no long-term contracts. When the most trusted name in home security as the intelligence of Google, well, <laughs> you've got a home with no worries. Go to ADT.com today or call 1-800-ADT-ASAP. Google, Nest Cam, Nest Doorbell, and Nest Aware are all trademarks of Google LLC. I remember one year I did get a bunch of Dungeons and Dragons books. And you talk about this. Yeah. You talk I got, about I got this the Dungeons in the special. Yeah. Hackett's books. But unfortunately, it came with all these dice and the maps and everything like that, but it didn't come with any any friends. <laughs> <laughs> and that is the, the greatest oversight of the of the TSR. Uh, company was that yeah kids who are into this stuff right are lonely yes yeah the other thing it says your word choice is always so good as a comic and in the special you said i think you said no one could foresee this <laughs> you said something like that but it didn't come with friends <laughs> like, yeah um you've talked about it's i can kind of relate to this you have kind of an ocd about honesty Oy. and and i i had this too growing up which is uh, it was very important to my mom that we all be thought of well. Yeah. One of the things I remembered is we'd all be gathered around Christmas, Thanksgiving, and we have company over. Uh, or anytime company was coming and we got to sit in the in the in the dining room and people are sitting around, she'd say, and now of course we always say grace. <laughs> And I'd say, we only do this when company's here. Oh, no. And oh, she would say, so that's good. not true. Oh, that's so good. But I mean, I, I just couldn't not. Yeah, the dishonesty. Part of it is is I grew up always feeling God was watching me all the time just because of the, the... I just took everything everybody told me seriously so that I would act up in the house. I would stub my toe on, on the corner of a, of a counter. That doesn't make sense. Uh, not a counter, a, a cabinet. 
And and my mother would say, see, God punished you. And I was like, oh, my gosh. Instead of thinking, gosh, what a prick, <laughs> I, I, would, I would think, oh, I better not I act up. I used to think, he's... doesn't God have other things to do? <laughs> hey, Goldman just got out of line. Yeah. I'll give him the old stubberoo. Yeah. Hey, what about that? What about that tsunami that just wiped out 3,000 people in Indonesia? Oh, I was dealing with Goldman. <laughs> And then I, I went to Hebrew school. I don't know if you went to Catholic. I went to Hebrew school. Yeah. <laughs> I was immediately asked to leave. No, I went to Catholic instruction right. actually with Brian Kiley. Oh, that's so interesting. Yeah. I, so I, I would go to Hebrew school and they would say, well, the, this is a sin, adultery and coveting, uh, being jealous and, and bearing false witness. And uh, are there any others? Uh, yes, yeah, so leaving the finger paints out. Is that a, is that also a, a sin that God, <laughs> that God will smite you for? Um, but playing with clay without permission, that's, that's another one I, that God punished me for. Uh, yeah, it, it was just uh, the, the, the things I was learning in Hebrew school were not matching up with, with the little I had learned at home. Is there, am I correct that there's probably really not much difference between if you're a kid, Hebrew instruction, and if you're a kid, Catholic instruction, meaning they're both leaning on guilt, yes. beware, oh watch gosh. out, yes. someone's watching. Yes. Because that was my experience. Yeah. And then uh, the few times that, well, actually, I grew up in Brookline. Um, more of my friends were Jewish than were Irish Catholic. Sure. And I would sense that, wait a minute, this is supposed to be a completely alien religion. Yeah. This is all sounding pretty familiar oh, yeah, to me. Totally. I went to a Catholic college. I went to Boston College and mm -hmm. I befriended some Jesuit priests and they would say, yeah, there's a lot of intersection in our in our liturgy. Not so much the words as much as the the ideas and the and the um, where the stresses are which is on a, a, a very angry, judgmental God. <laughs> and that, but, but, but as a lot of uh -huh. fathers do when they have a son late in life, they mellow. And, that, and, that, and that's where I see Protestantism is it's sort of a, a mellow God, not as, yeah. not as likely to smite after having Jesus. Yeah, yeah. the Protestants have a, he's, it's a God that's like wearing loafers <laughs> and dockers. And he's it's Pete Holmes. Yeah, it's Pete Holmes. <laughs> it's Pete Holmes is God. As opposed to like Bill Burr is the Catholic yeah. God. Right. I like I like figuring out religion just using stand-ups. Oh my gosh. Specifically oh my gosh. specifically northeastern stand-ups. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I, I'm now I'm trying to figure out who would be the Jewish comedian God. It it wouldn't it, it wouldn't be Crystal. It wouldn't be uh, no. Rob, no too light. He would have Fivish Finkel's voice. Lewis Black. I just got uh, it. It's Lewis Black because he'd be it. saying things like, "Do I get this straight? <laughs> Let me understand something. You, the post office, wants me to spend money on a stamp, and then I spend money on the stamp. You know that kind of wow, thing. Wow, that's good. <laughs> you know what I used to do? The Gamorans and the Sodomites are having blowjobs. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I used to do? I used to do a Lewis. I like Lewis Black, but I, used I to love do a, him. But I used to do a Lewis Black impression where he's getting because his whole thing was getting worked up over something that's kind of small. And I used to do a Lewis Black impression about things where it's where he's worked up about something you should be worked up about. So I'd be like, Have you heard about this thing called kidnapping? <laughs> Someone takes a child. They take. They take a child who is the only son or daughter of these loving parents and they take them away and they say you'll only see them alive again if we get money. 
<laughs> and it would really make me laugh because I'd be like, uh-huh, yeah. Uh, Just him getting so mad good. about stuff he should get mad about. This, uh, Kylie used to always tell me, he would say, you have no idea how funny the meetings are in, in Conan's office. And and initially I was skeptical. I, I thought- um, You said Conan's not that funny. How uh, can he no, be funny in a meeting? I said, yeah, everybody's going to laugh at their boss, right? And and then I just started listening to the to the podcast, but also he would tell me the stories that the bits you would do, which was one of my favorites, was the dirty Brian Kylie. I Kylie, would do, the, oh yeah. God. I would do Brian. It's called Brian Kylie at the Apollo. <laughs> <laughs> now Brian Kylie again, as you know, yeah, tells really clean jokes, yes. Yes. and he wears the creased chinos yeah. and a and a blue and schmaltzless puts no. Nothing on it. The jokes are just, I mean, I'm They're I can't just even, perfect. You could read them. They're beautiful, but perfect, also his character. Perfect so jokes. Mild-mannered. But, but Kylie, and he'd stand up there, and he's very Catholic, and he tells <laughs> these wonderful jokes, and he always is doing this with his hands. He doesn't move his body, really, at all when he's up on stage. Yeah. And so I started doing Kylie at the Apollo, where he's up there, and he's like, uh, hi, everybody. Uh, good to see you. I'm Brian Kylie, and uh, uh, the other day, I'm, uh, I'm going down on this... Uh, going down on this bitch. <laughs> and I'm, uh, so I'm eating, I'm eating her out. And then, I, uh, and then, and he's still the same mannerisms. And then I, uh, I work my way, you know, down to her, uh, to her asshole. You know? And I start, uh, start licking out her asshole. Oh, God. And then I'm like, bitch, you gotta wash your ass. And he's killing, murdering. But then he goes backstage, kills, and he goes, well, that's my time, thank you. And then he goes backstage, and I would always have him sit in a little iron chair and read a Truman biography quietly. Oh, yeah, yes. And then yes. someone would come and go, get out there again, they want more of you. And he'd be like, oh, okay. And he'd close it and he'd go back out there and he'd go, uh, the other day, I'm, uh, I'm whipping this guy with a, like whatever, it's just fun. It's weird yeah. to hear you even talk like that. I know, it, I know. So but the funny. thing is when I'm channeling oh, Kylie, the whole rule was none of this helps the show. None of this can be on the show. None of it can help the show. <laughs> it's just funnier because I know who Brian Kylie is and I, I hope people go and like look at his comedy online. Go so look at Brian Kylie. Yeah. How much of a, just how different it is that what you're saying. I took a shit the other day. <laughs> I hate all of this. Why? I, I mean, it's I I love it, but imagining Kylie do it, it's it's just it's crazy because he is yeah. the most. I think he might be the most straight laced person I've ever met in my life. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and just now, I have the mental image of him doing. Also, yeah. you know what I always do? Yeah. I'd always add him driving home in a very small, sensible square car. Yeah. And then going home and pulling the blanket up to his chin yeah. to go to sleep. And then the phone rings with a nightcap. With a nightcap. And then, yeah. the, and then the phone rings, and it's the club going. They're screaming for you. They want more. <laughs> And so he gets out, puts on his blazer, gets back in his little car, goes back there, and then goes out and becomes this other person. Yeah, I picture him with a pipe carousel. Yeah, probably. Pipe. And, the, and the other thing is that I, uh, he's the person who reads the most long books, like Robert Caro, those LBJ well, books. Well, uh, the person. Oh. One of the people. Really? Yeah. He and I have that same oh, affliction. Oh, I didn't we realize just, that. I yeah. was gonna add, that was one of the questions. No, we both do that. Ask. Did you like that Robert Caro documentary? Have you seen that? that I'm one? in it. Oh, yes. 
you fucker. I'm sorry. I got, I got confused because you were also in the- uh, You thought that was Dennis Leary going on and on about Caro? I'm in documentaries I shouldn't be in about like sex trafficking in Sweden. And they just, and Conan oh, Bryan I think went, you should be in that one. Well, I was cleared. Uh, I took notes today on things I should bring up. Oh. The fact at- that Rupert Monarch, Murdoch gave us two of the most important comedy- Things in the, in history, like the same summer, Simpsons and Get a Life. I was like, this man has done really nothing for the world. But then, you think <laughs> then oh, these two really true. important things that brought so much joy and and helped me get through the, all these things that he caused. And, and uh, you should just for a second, because there, there are going to be people listening or young people that don't know what Get a Life is. Oh so. yeah, he had this show that was short lived. Of- of course, because it was so good and so <laughs> it's time, but it was on for maybe 30 episodes on Fox called Get a Life. And he played Chris Peterson, yes. who was a 30-year-old paperboy who lived at home with his parents, yeah. but was arrogant. Yes. Arrogant, <laughs> a little bit nuts, believed in himself, got, got laid all yeah. the time. Was, yeah. It was very forward with Well, women. then also it got very- And so beautifully written and like Odenkirk wrote Odenkirk on it, wrote Charlie on Kaufman. Yep, yep. Yeah. And then uh, as the series later on, <laughs> they started having him die at the end of every episode, yes. but then not explaining why he was back. <laughs> yes. And I just always remember as a comedy fan, when 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 people do that, yeah. I'm, I'm just, yay. Yeah. Thank you. Oh yeah. Thank 100%. you for they, not yeah. trying to. His dad played his dad, but unlike every other dad in a sitcom, his dad hated him <laughs> and was rooting for his demise. And and yes. yeah, it was <laughs> incredible. There's a couple of things that I want to make sure I talk to you about. Your obsession with comedy or your interest in comedy goes way back to when you were a kid and you got to do something that I dreamed of doing but never got to do, which is you got to go to a live taping of Johnny Carson's Tonight Show. Oh yeah. And that's something I never experienced. Oh, Can wow. you tell me what that was like? Yes, I was I was 13, I had just been bar mitzvahed and my brother Max had gone to spring break and been bumped three times. Uh, and back then in the 19... 19- from, the, from the audience? From the, no, I'm sorry, <laughs> that made it sound like my Brother Max was a guest on on the uh, yeah, Tonight Show yeah. with Carson. No, he'd been bumped by the airline. Oh, I see. Okay, and flying on spring break, and and so he had gotten these these uh, tickets. They were they. I don't know if they were round trip, but they afforded my mother and I to go to Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. My brother couldn't use them because he was starting a job in Florida, so he gave them to us. We used them to go to Los Angeles. Stayed with my cousin Della. We st- waited in line and got tickets to get into the, but I was 13. You had to be 16 to get into a live taping, but I was already 5'11", or right. almost six feet. Right. And so my mother said he's 16. And then I got in and um, I said, oh my God, we made it. And then a, an usher said, excuse me, how old are you? And my mother got right in her face and she said, do you think I would take a, a, a child into something as important as the Tonight Show with Johnny Carson? And, and my mother, I mean, the lying. God was bless just, her. Yeah, oh, wow. she really got I want face. your job. <laughs> be great if she got her got that kid fired yeah. and ruined her life. She was so life. convincing. I felt like I was 16. Yeah. I, I was I had just turned 13 and anyhow, it couldn't have been a better. First of all, Johnny did the monologue and he screwed up one of the lines and retook it and then when they went to break, he said, oh, "I really blew the shit out of that joke." Uh, and I said, "Oh my gosh, he swore." Yeah. And you could you didn't hear Johnny Carson. Well, you know what? I talked to Robert Smigel told me that he went to a taping of Johnny Carson and Johnny Carson when he knew it wouldn't, because it was pre-taped, yeah, said shit in front of the crowd and they went wild. Wow. Back then, the idea of 
someone that you knew on TV that intimately <laughs> yes. saying the word shit yes. was yes. impossible. Yes. And, and so that must have been electrifying. It was electrifying. And then the guest was Carrie Fisher and Gary Shannon. Oh my God. Wow. Yeah. So, so Princess Leia at her Leia ist. And then, <laughs> and then this. And Gary at his shandling ist. Oh my gosh. And then this comedian who I only knew from the Tonight Show. And he was so funny. And then he did this bit with, it wasn't a bit, I guess, but it, it came off as a bit with Carrie Fisher where he says, uh, I know your parents, um, uh, Debbie Reynolds and, and Eddie Fisher. Do you know my parents, Irv and Muriel Shandling? <laughs> and, oh my, and I was in love. I was like, yeah. here's this guy who's, who's Jewish, neurotic, and miserable, yet he's flirting with Carrie Fisher. And it was, that, that was the thing that I always found so interesting about comedians. They... They really had nothing to speak of in terms of being attractive to to women, but they had all this confidence in it, and it just really captured me at a very very young age. I was like, that is the only way I'm ever going to get married, is if I'm super funny like Shandling or or somebody like that. All kids throughout history take an inventory early on. When I found out that I could make people laugh, thinking, all right, I've got this. I'm going to develop the fuck out of this. Yes. <laughs> I'm going to. Yes. Mostly being interested in, I want that girl to like me. And then the big barrier is she's laughing really hard, but I see her going to the dance with that other guy. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He has no comedy, <laughs> but he has a developed body. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Who needs that? Yeah. My shallow chest should be enough for anyone. <laughs> and I, I My wasted legs? <laughs> What's wrong with these? <laughs> my 19th century cough <laughs> the little bits of pink pink foam from dissolving lung <laughs> what's wrong with that why are you saying those things though <laughs> my dad took care of everyone but me a brilliant scientist who never noticed that I was dying of consumption you were the control experiment I was the control experiment I think consumption is my favorite old-timey disease because a lot of people will go tuberculosis but the people who are familiar go consumption consumption also what? it's true you and i speak the exact same language i like that people used to have stuff called the flux yeah 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 and or they'd call you a lunger if, yeah, you, a lunger. if you had if you if you had, had a lunger if you had consumption they'd call you a yeah. lunger yeah but also i love um that when you get got sick back then they would apply a poultice they would apply a mustard poultice to your chest, which basically means, you know, just covering your chest it's with Vicks mustard. Vape, vape rub. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but but they did it for any, like someone would get shot in the head. I believe when Lincoln was dying of a bullet the yeah. size of an Oreo cookie in his brain, they were like, apply a poultice. <laughs> <laughs> a mustard poultice will save the president. Did it work? Kind of, because when he died, he smelled like a hot dog and people weren't quite as sad. They were, I'm sure there were other poultices. There was, there was the mustard. There I always hear about mustard. The, the remoulade uh, poultice. The, the, <laughs> the tapenade poultice. <laughs> that, that way he doesn't pull through, but we have a dip. We yeah. have a dipping sauce. No, at the end, after... <laughs> After after Lincoln died, everyone sat around and they were very sad. And Seward, Seward said, now he belongs to the ages. And then somehow someone produced a bag of tortilla chips. 
and they just started dipping into his this stuff. Mm, little oh salsa. So they all just funny. start crunching. Oh the... Mary Lincoln comes in. What are you doing? <laughs> well, we can't let this go to waste. <laughs> the coffin isn't here yet. Uh, I want to make sure I mention your book too. You've oh, been busy. You. you have a new I didn't memoir. Be a schnorrer, which is a Yiddish term meaning like. I learned that word from Groucho Marx. Okay. Yeah, he uh, used to sing a song about being, I'm not a schnorrer, which I think was, uh, yeah, uh, Captain Spaulding, I think, has the word schnorrer in it. My name is Captain Captain Spaulding, the African explorer. I'm no schnorrer. Hooray, hooray, hooray. And I remember as a kid, as being a huge fan of the Marx Brothers and thinking, schnorrer, what's schnorrer? And then someone explained it to me. Oh, that's a great feeling for a Yiddish well, a Jewish person who knows some Yiddish to, to explain it to somebody because it, it sh- when you show interest, we get very excited. Yeah. Um, so Misfit, Growing Up Awkward in the 80s uh, is is your memoir. Yes. And was this cathartic for you? Because you've famously, you've talked about it a lot. And I think, you know, people say, oh, it's brave. And I think it's like, well, it's it's great that you talk about your struggles with mental health. And I applaud that. But it's that you do it so with so much empathy Oh, and you do you. it so intelligently and you're funny about it. Oh, thanks. And I think that is a, man, that's a bomb. That's worth, <laughs> that's all, that's worth all the you. Prozac in the world, you know? I mean, it, it was something that I aspired to over the years to finally get to a point where I was far enough away from it that, and, and also that it was sort of a, a, a success story of, I overcame this because in the midst of it, I wasn't able to write about it. And also my brain wasn't working well enough and I didn't have enough confidence, but I was so elated and grateful to be on the other side of my depression, which I was, I received ECT about four months before I did that, that abbreviating the States thing. And really? Yeah. And so ECT, been, just yeah, the electroconvulsive cool. therapy in, in, I was inpatient in Weill Cornell Hospital, New York Presbyterian in, in Manhattan. And then- And you said one of the patients actually recognized, recognized me from, from TV. And, and yeah, he said, uh, am I crazy? Are you Gary Goldman? Which is, I mean, you, you can write both. an entire act. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently both. Yes. Um, you are crazy, but I'm getting that from context. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, I, but it's not because you think I'm Gary Goldman, although I, I would say maybe shoot higher for who you're imagining. <laughs> you can yeah, imagine Napo- anybody. Napoleon, yeah, yeah, yeah. so many people to aim for. <laughs> yes, or, or yeah, and so anyhow, I I was so grateful, and I wanted to tell the story because I wanted to share that there's hope because that that was one thing my doctor and my wife never gave up on me, but I gave up on myself many many times. I kept mm-hmm. going through the motions and trying new medicine and and treatments, and ECT finally was the thing that worked okay. in the hospitalization and it and it. And it got me to a level that I had never experienced in my life. I had spent my entire life sort of working at 70, 75%, sometimes 80% if I could get some momentum. And then it, it had kind of a cycle where I would be productive for nine months and then I would fall apart and, and have to start mm-hmm. all over again. Mm-hmm. So it was very frustrating. But since I have been, uh, I guess I would say in remission, that was probably October of 2017, I've, I've had the... the the most joy and and experience life in a in a way without the the heaviness and the the fatigue that accompanied a lot of my depressive episodes. So I'm so grateful. So I was happy to share this story so that it would give some people hope. Because what I didn't realize is that people thought 
I used to think when somebody famous would would either commit suicide or or come out about being depressed, I would say, well, why would that person be depressed? And I didn't realize that I could be that for some people, that mm-hmm. some people would say, oh, if he can get depressed, and then it's not... It's not a matter of accomplishing something. Mm-hmm. It's a matter of chemistry. Yeah. And, and, and that's the thing that, that's very hard for people to understand because the same thing you're trying to work with is telling you this isn't chemistry. It's you. You're, you're lazy. You're dumb. You're untalented. So it, it was important that I was able to get that I'm story I'm guilty of out. the same thing when I was a kid or even in, well into my teens and 20s when I would hear about a brilliant author or yeah. just a a performer I loved or anyone getting really depressed. And I would think, but I don't understand. Yeah. Elvis? They, yeah. They, why would Elvis be depressed? Yeah. Uh, why would anyone um, yeah. who has that be depressed? And then, you know, as you go through life, you realize that yeah. uh, material things, uh, success or getting recognized, it's nice. Yeah. But it it is really true that it doesn't... Uh, have anything to do with your brain chemistry. And sometimes it can exacerbate it and make yeah. it feel worse. Yeah. Like, oh my God, I have this. And this was I'm, supposed and to be I'm... the thing that made me feel good about myself. Yeah. yeah. So many people get into comedy or get into this business because they think once I get that yeah. and everyone knows who I am yeah. and I'm driving a car that looks like that, then all my problems will be over. <laughs> right. And when it doesn't happen, yeah. rage. Painful. Rage. Yeah. And I'm talking about myself. <laughs> but it was um, made was... mostly that the car isn't nicer. Oh, well, well okay. I mean, come on. Mm. Tesla's nice, but I want a Bugatti. <laughs> <laughs> and I never got one. And <laughs> that fucking sled. <laughs> Sprawled out, but it's not mine. Did the toboggan have a name? Uh-huh. Yeah, exactly. That when I die, I'm just gonna say toboggan. <laughs> It'll be like all these reporters will be scattered. Bobo. Yeah, toboggan. Yeah, whatever. Glide right. <laughs> um, you are. Uh, well, I'll just say it again. Pleasure to know you. I, oh, I so really nice admire. Hear. I, really I feel ad- the same way. You've brought me so much joy. I really admire you because uh, you're such a highly intelligent and empathetic comedian mm. and you do such beautiful work. You've been through a lot, which makes me sad, but also um, you've come through the other side and you're very honest about it. I think it's going to help a lot of people. But mostly, if I didn't know any of this, I just, I, I watch these specials, I watch your comedy. Every time I've seen you perform, I think, man, that guy is so gifted. He thinks so differently than everyone else. And he's so everything is so crafted and beautifully done. The work that goes into it. So thank you. Oh, it, what you do is, as the Irish say, a mitzvah. <laughs> I, I'm pinching myself because uh, th- that means so much to me. But also, it, and this was one of the things I wanted to mention. Just the the exposure you gave me on that show all those times was, I mean, it changed my life and it gave me a, a touring career. So I'm a, I'm uh, so grateful for for what you've brought to me. Even before I was on the show, just the joy in knowing that oh, there are other people who find this funny. And right. I thought it was just right. <laughs> Well, we found each other. Yeah. And now yeah. we're two gangly, I'm depressed very... guys <laughs> from Massachusetts who, who know each other. Who love to read. Who love to read. Yay, us. Yeah. There aren't enough. Um, hey, Gary. Thank God, you. God bless. Thank you. Thank you so and we'll see you Thank again. You. It's incredible to have the flexibility to work in all sorts of places, whether it's taking video calls from the park 
or emailing large files while you're grocery shopping. Sona, this is good for you. Is it? Because you're always doing whatever work you do for me from fun locations. But I like blaming it on not having reception. I know, but you can't do that here. Working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network, which is why you should check out T-Mobile, Sona. Then you got no excuses. They're America's largest and fastest 5G network. With T-Mobile, you'll be covered in more places with the 5G speed you need for your life on the go. Plus, they also cover more highway miles with 5G than anybody else. Check it out if you don't believe me. Hey, Blay, you've got T-Mobile, right? I do. I was actually just up in the woods in Idlewild. It was fantastic for the weekend. And uh, my T-Mobile didn't miss it. My T-Mobile phone didn't miss it. You know, I wouldn't think you'd need a cell phone because you speak so loudly into a microphone. (laughs) Well, I had to look some stuff up. Just take it. Just take it down. I didn't know what brunch was. I can hear him. When the restaurant's open for brunch. Okay. uh, So I used uh, my T-Mobile coverage to check out brunch. That's all right. Anyway, wherever you are, you know, take it from the loud speaking Blay. If you're on the go, you want to be in the know, you want to make the show. What? Uh, T-Mobile. Okay. That's the one for you. That was I should weird. have rhymed it with go. Anyway, yeah. find out more at T-Mobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. Fastest based on median overall combined 5G speeds according to analysis by Ookla of Speed Test Intelligence Data Q3 2023. C5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. way in today, Sona, I was thinking about just how much has changed over the years. Yeah. You know, when I was a kid, we were all dancing the Jitterbug and the Watusi. And then you grow up now and there's mosh pits and everything's gone (laughs) cuckoo. There's this new thing called rap. I don't know what's happening anymore. But guess what? In a world full of change, there's one thing that hasn't changed. Mm -hmm. The great taste of Miller Lite. Are you with me on oh, this? Oh, yeah. I'm right there with you. Yeah. And you know, another thing that hasn't changed is that it's less filling. Yeah. I hate a filling beer. Yeah. When I have a filling beer, I just want to sit down in a beanbag chair for six days, but not oh. with Miller Lite. So what's the best thing about the original light beer? Mm-hmm. Back in 1975, the big debate in America was what's more important, that it it's less filling Miller Lite or it tastes great. Yeah. The cool thing is when we all realized it's both. Okay. It's less filling and it tastes great. Yeah, all right. Everybody wins. Everybody wins. Miller Lite keeps it simple. Undebatable quality. Great taste. Only 96 calories. You don't have to choose what's best. Miller Lite has great taste and it's less filling. Tastes like Miller time. To get Miller Lite delivered right to your door, visit MillerLite.com slash Conan. Or you can find it pretty much anywhere that sells beer. Yeah. Celebrate responsibly. Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. 96 calories per 12 ounces. Fewer cows and carbs than premium regular beer. We haven't done a state of the podcast in a while, and I think it's important for the state of the podcast that we do a state of the podcast. I'd be convinced if you had just said state of the podcast one more time, but I agree. I think we should take stock. You know, how are we doing? And I think also self-criticism is very valuable. Uh, It's good for us to really kick the tires on this thing and make sure that we're living up to uh, people's expectations. How do we proceed? Well, as we always do, we bring in Adam Sachs. Mm-hmm. He runs this place. He makes it happen. He makes yep. it work. He does the dance that keeps the floor thumping. Yeah. So, Adam. Awful. Where awful, are we? Awful. Uh, awful monologue. Wasn't. Well. Yeah. So, state of the podcast. I brought some notes with me. We are five years in. 
Mm. It's five years November now. November 19th, 2018 was our first episode, oh, the release of our first episode, years, Will Ferrell. Right? So we are five years in, over 400 episodes. Wow. Are we over I've, 400 episodes? Wow. I believe that's right. If we count the fan episodes and our Which we interview, do. Sure. Those are important. Yeah. yeah. So over 400 episodes. And we're actually seeing growth still, which is pretty amazing. Still seeing growth. Yes. So people have been listening to this and more people are still showing up. More people are showing up. And because the catalog is so evergreen, you know, the episodes that we recorded five years ago still are still hold up. Uh, people show up and then they go back and they listen to the back catalog. So on a given month, we get 40% of our listens happening on old episodes. People are telling friends, but in a good way. Yeah, they're in a good way. That's my first experience with that in show business. Mm -hmm. My previous career was, you got to check this guy out. They're warning people. Yeah, uh, so that you don't (laughs) accidentally stumble on him. You need to know. No, but uh, that's, I I mean, uh, all kidding aside, that's very exciting. Uh, I will say that we made this decision to try and, uh, and it's also just naturally uh, the kind of comedy I like, but we're not always talking about the day's events. And uh, in fact, anytime a guest starts to say, isn't it funny that uh, today in the news, I, I, uh, I reach over the table and slap them. Yeah. yeah. There's okay. also, we're, we're still getting like crazy, amazing guests that you know are coming on for the first time. Even recently, we've had Arnold Schwarzenegger, Harrison Ford, uh, Steve Martin, Sir Paul McCartney, yeah. Kelly Clarkson. And you know what's great? Schwarzenegger, we didn't even invite him. He and we tried to keep him out of the building. He's like, "I'm coming in." You're the thing. And we uh, remember. And I said, "No, no, we're here. We're talking to Ted Dance." He's like, "It's now. It's gonna be me." <laughs> and he smashed his way through. Yeah. Incredible. Sorry. Yeah. Did you need more from me? <laughs> <laughs> no. You're, you're giving me what you me. always give me. You know, I just have so much to add to this. Well, well another. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, okay. So the and the other thing I wanted to bring up, which is interesting, is the industry has evolved. If we look back five years, yep. if you think about the advertisers we had at the beginning, it was mostly what are called direct response advertisers, DR advertisers, where oftentimes they're like digital advertisers. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Fracture Prince was a good example. Remember the, oh, the back scratcher? Yes. Oh. And they have an offer code, right? Co- offer code Conan, or you yeah. go to this specific URL, and that's how they know if the ad is working, that right. it's attribution. So we've grown out of that now. We still have plenty of them, but we've we've got we've gotten into more brands, big brands. And that's and that's I think Listen, uh, I I like that uh things are moving in the right direction, but sometimes you're the victim of your success. And I will say I miss I mean, Fracture. That was a great company. Do they still and exist? Uh, <laughs> yes. No, 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 they do. But well, you know, for, for Conan's 60th birthday, I got him a fracture print. Oh, right. Can we just edit that so it's 40th? Uh, <laughs> and anyway, um, the same age. <laughs> uh, but you know, it's, but you know, it's, uh, uh, thank you. No, uh, it's, it's fun being, uh, well, I guess I'm 41 now. There's a thing that can happen sometimes in life where, yes, you've had good fortune, but oh, you miss that old little apartment you used to live in. Remember where the shower didn't quite work, but boy, did we have good times in that old little. And that's how I think of the fracture print ads. Well, it's funny you say that because the brand. So now we have a lot of brand advertisers. We have, you know, Miller Lite, Chevy, mm-hmm. these big brands that don't have. And the by the way, those are terrific they're, products. They're fantastic. Yeah. Uh, but brand advertisers. So direct response advertisers don't necessarily. They're not that sensitive about the content that they're advertising on. They just, for the most part, care that the ad works. They want the ROI, the return on the investment. So, God, do you ever just speak normally? I know. <laughs> I'm, I'm getting somewhere. Is this so, what it's like in the bedroom? Yeah. 
But brand advertisers really care about associating with talent, right? Yeah. And so they do what they have been doing more and more is brand safety analysis. And I actually brought some uh, brand safety analysis for Conan O'Brien needs a friend. You, boy, you're fun at a holiday Here's party. Here's my question, though, because he was on television for like 20 it, years before the podcast. <laughs> that brand wasn't enough. Well, that's, that's okay. a good question. Yeah. So you can you. see how we rank here. Thanks, Sona. Oh, Thank this, is, this is funny. Okay. All right. So this is. Uh, this, I think this oh is mostly. I, I wait, what? what is this now? Explain yeah, what's happening. Okay. Can you take a second and explain yeah, what so this, this is? This is our brand safety analysis that's okay. done, I think, primarily by like AI and transcription. So transcription is done on the podcast, and then some algorithm decides how brand safe. The show and is. This is real. This is real. These are real. Yeah, yeah, yeah. These are our real ratings. Right. Um, on the show. And so brand advertisers, when they're deciding whether they want to advertise on a specific podcast, will look at these ratings and decide if the show is safe for them to be associated with. Okay. All right. So <laughs> medium uh, adult sexual explicit content. That seems low. Is that that yeah. seems very low? It really says it's low. A, it's we only talk a, a lot four about dicks and stuff. Oh, well, but down here, obscenity and profanity, it's in the red for eighty three percent and seventy one percent high risk. Yeah, so huh. we're killing it with obscenity and profanity. Yeah, maybe this is just all our clinical talk. Whenever we, you say know what, I don't like vagina hate speech. And... Hate hate speech. Seven percent. That's you. Acts of aggression. That's oh, you. Oh, acts of aggression. All That's you. you. I don't all like because uh, there's no hate speech here. But there is me routinely trying to take a swat at somebody. You're also crime and violence because you say the word murder on a regular That's basis. That's true. Yeah, I, I love, mean you're eleven percent high risk. Wait a minute, military conflict. Do you want to just run down what the sheet says to give us kind of an overview? Of those well, uh, adult and sexual explicit content four percent, alcohol two percent. These are risks. High risk zero for suitability. <laughs> crime and violence twelve percent. Wow. Death or injury three percent. Relatively low. Remember one time we did a segment about robbing a bank and what would our masks be? So yes. things like that okay. are factored in. Okay. Uh, death or injury, 3%. Epidemic, 3%. Hate speech and acts of aggression, 7%. It's a mm. little high for me. Illegal drugs, 1%. We don't really talk about drugs a lot. Yeah, we do. Yeah, we uh, do. Sona? But well, those Sona aren't illegal. Smoking that they're, they're not illegal. Everything you do is legal. Yeah, that's true. Uh, obscenity and profanity, 83%. Wow. Jeez. Zus. Fuck, that's a high number. Fuck. Tobacco, e-cigarettes, vaping, 0%. Well, now it's going to be in there, though. Does it, will it factor oh, this yeah, in? Oh, yeah, now it's going to be in there. Uh, look now at we're this. At this is a category. Violation of human rights. <laughs> oh, that's just us working for you. Yeah, that's that well, that's, you. <laughs> It's a violation of human rights to work here, and that's 1%. Um, I don't understand military conflict. Yeah, what is military conflict? Well, we well, talk about yeah. World War II yeah, comes I think up that's quite a bit. I mean, the term Nazi will pop up every <laughs> once in a while. I think it's, I think yeah. it is like just talking about World War II. Yeah. Basically, World War II facts, trivia, mm -hmm. Stalin comes up a lot. Yeah. But is this a concern that us discussing these things right now will bump these numbers up? I hadn't thought of it. And but then yeah, next I year think, when we do I this again, it'll compound. I think so. Boobies, boobies. Nazi. Vagine but I think so. The, the truth is, like, this is Heroin. more. Uh, Sona made a really, really important point, which is like, you were on TV for 28 years. Yep. Your brand is established. Yes. You had advertisers on that show. Yes, so I did. So it was a brand safe show, your brand safe talent. This really is more done for talent that is maybe lesser known to, you know, advertisers if they're when they're making the decision if they want to. Advertise on a specific show. I see, but I did think that you would just find it interesting that we're being. What do you take? Right what now. do you uh, take away from this? I actually take away that there is a high sensitivity among 
advertisers now higher than ever it seems to be associated with brand safe content mm -hmm. so i think for us we should just be monitoring your language primarily everyone's Fuck. language here and Fuck. thinking of these categories Dick. every time we go into an interview or do a segment no but but um Fuck. If I'm told not to do something, I just want to do it now, more. Adam, you're coming dangerously close to being the man censoring the artist here. So also, I don't think I use profanity. I mean, cockaroo is that a is that really profanity? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I love that answer. I love the way you said it. I don't know. Well, there was talk of gerbils. Is all kind of a not hidden. unless you really get into what it's all about. It's obscene. I don't think this thing understands context either. Oh. Yeah, no, it's it doesn't just understand literal. context. So talk of gerbils is quite a that could be a, a children's story. But it, <laughs> it, it could might be take, take gerbils and think Joseph gerbils and make it a Nazi thing. You know no, that's I mean? gerbils. Well, it's, it's they written, know it's written in a transcript. It doesn't know. It does. It knows the difference. They're spelled completely differently. It's ridiculous. <laughs> I think the state of the con uh, the state of the conflict. I think the state of the <laughs> The show. Oh, our numbers are there going go. up on military conflict. <laughs> I think the show is doing well. We it's are doing great. marching forward. Uh, we're like the allies pushing in <laughs> uh, to to France. Fum, fum, uh, we're 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 pushing forward. We're uh, uh, moving we're our way, penetrating. Mm. Okay, yeah. That hole. We're okay. having All sex right. with the other army. <laughs> Listen, don't ruin a good thing. I'm I'm pleased. I'm, I feel it's a good thing. I I do nothing but say uh, I have gratitude that we've been doing this for five years. I've been having a very good time. I I love doing this with you uh, with you people. I, I got to learn your names. Uh, but um, so and I think we should maybe tone down uh, the pee pee poo poo a little bit. You got I just, it, cockface. Uh, I but I do uh, want us to you know keep getting uh, more and more brand friendly. <laughs> <laughs> I really do. I I want to just keep chiseling away. I want to. Yeah. I want to. But pee pee and poo poo is what we are. That's who we are as people. Yeah. This is what a and... wonderful story this is. <laughs> no, but that's who, that's just what we who we are. I feel like you're you're telling us to change. I'd like the Hallmark Channel to one day advertise with us, yeah. and I think and to, to get better. that, and probably also uh, Disneyland. So to get those kind of brands, those are the ones I really want. We need we to really to shape it up. Yeah. I think we definitely need to check back in. We need to do quarterly state of the podcast and see the trend of the numbers. That's Can we idea. do that? Yeah. Okay. 83%. Yeah. That's high. It's red. 83% yeah. obscenity and profanity. Let's get that number down <laughs> and let's get um, violation of human rights way up. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how, but we will. Conan O'Brien needs a friend. With Conan O'Brien, Sonam Obsessian, and Matt Gorley. Produced by me, Matt Gorley. Executive produced by Adam Sachs, Nick Liao, and Jeff Ross at Team Coco, and Colin Anderson and Cody Fisher at Earwolf. Theme song by The White Stripes. Incidental music by Jimmy Vivino. Take it away, Jimmy. Our supervising producer is Aaron Blair, and our associate talent producer is Jennifer Samples. Engineering by Eduardo Perez. Additional production support by Mars Melnick. Talent booking by Paula Davis, Gina Batista, and Britt Kahn. You can rate and review this show on Apple Podcasts, and you might find your review read on a future episode. Got a question for Conan? Call the Team Coco hotline at 669-587-2847 and leave a message. It, too, could be featured on a future episode. And if you haven't already, please subscribe to Conan O'Brien Needs a Friend wherever fine podcasts are downloaded.
doesn't love a classic chocolate chip cookie? Famous Amos has been making them since the 70s, 1975 to be exact. With semi-sweet chocolate chips and a satisfying crunch, it's everything classic in one bite-sized cookie. And fans couldn't get enough. That's right. You'll find our original recipe, the one you know and love, in every bag of Famous Amos original chocolate chip cookies. Find Famous Amos anywhere you buy your favorite snacks. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all sometimes have issues or things we need to talk about, get off our chest. I have that all the time. Don't you, Sona? I do. Yeah, and we need people to talk to. And we carry around different stressors. We carry big stressors. We carry small stressors. Uh, I was raised in a culture where you're supposed to kind of bottle it up, and I've learned over time that that's not the best thing to do. If you do let things rattle around in there for a while without talking it out, it can affect your life very negatively. Well, therapy is a safe space where you can get things off your chest, figure out how to work through whatever is weighing you down. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online. BetterHelp's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. A lot of people have a barrier towards getting therapy because they think, well, I don't know, I've got to find the person, talk to them. What if I? it's not a good match? I, then it's awkward. None of that. You just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and then you switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. So get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash Conan today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Conan. 